All right. Thanks for hanging out for uh, the podcast and set. Uh, this week, my guest, of course, is Abraham Ben Ruby. Good evening. Good evening. As I was telling you outside, I, I'm, I'm someone who doesn't know actors' names, mm-hmm. and when I heard Abraham Ben Ruby, I saw the name. I'm like, I'm playing with some Middle Eastern guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like I, I googled you. I'm like, oh, that guy. He was, he was on ER. Yeah. Uh, now Midwestern. Midwestern. So Midwestern. Middle Western. Middle we can change it. Yeah. <laughs> what was that thing? Uh, you. So you and I were in the Chicago area around the same time. Yes. Definitely. I, I think we're roughly the same age. 50-ish. Uh, yeah, 50-ish. I'm, I'm a little under that, maybe. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> 46. Right. I, I'm 46. Ah, you're a kid. Yeah. You're a kid. Yeah, so we I'm four, I'm 49. Yeah. Hang on to those those years right now. I those will. Are, those are good ones. Good. Uh, 49. So far, so good. I just turned 46. So. You just turned 46? Yeah, yeah. So Congratulations. So, thanks. So far, so good. Now you're on that slope to 50. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. I, I always thought about, like, the in each... Decade, like I loved 28 mm-hmm. and 38 mm-hmm. and 48, but the nines, 29, 39, <laughs> 49, just blow to me. It's just like, well, now it's just you might as well fucking be 50. Right, exactly. Let's just get it over with. It's like I'm, I'm as old as I can be in my 40s and not be 50. Yeah, you. But I'm looking forward to 50. Yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's just, I mean, just just saying it. I'm, and it happened, it's like when I was 30, I was like, 30. 30. And 40, it's like, I'm, I'm fucking 40. Yeah. That's a man. Yeah. And fifty, that's like, oh, that's now I'm I'm like fifty. I think is as old as you get to be, and still and still be like fifty might surprise you. Yeah, that's right, right, right. Well, and plus you're like I'm pretty sure we're as men we're awarded like a Harley Davidson or a Porsche or something right at fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. I'm looking forward to yeah, that now. When's you, your birthday? Uh, it's in February. Oh, so months away. Yeah, months away. Mere months. I'm enjoying the last months in my 40s. And you said you just turned. When, I so did. When October 4th, I just turned 46, yeah. October yeah, 4th. Thanks. And that makes you what sign? Libra. All right. I, and that's the end of that conversation. And no astrology for you? I, I have no astrology knowledge or interest. Very good. Uh, <laughs> I won't share my knowledge then. If you're not interested, it's fine. Oh, do you have? Do you no, have? no. no. I, I will say uh, the cool thing about Libra in the uh, zodiological <clears throat> spectrum is it is the only sign represented by a non-living entity. It's represented by the scales of justice, of balance. Everything else is like a fish or a ram or a lion. I'm, I'm Aquarius. I'm the water bearer. Yeah, so you're like a dude with a I'm bucket. I'm a dude carrying water around. Yeah, a bucket. Astromaly. 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 It's my favorite sandwich. Yes. Astromaly. <laughs> now, so you're in Chicago, and uh, did you did ER shoot in Chicago? Yeah, every now and then. Um, I actually I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana, so Chicago was like, uh, you know, uh, Shangri-La to us there in in Indy. Um, but ER did shoot in Chicago. About every six weeks, they would go for three or four days and shoot uh, the beautiful cityscapes and exteriors of chicago right yeah I, I i don't mean to like hang on to like er i don't mind i just remember it because the time i mean i remember watching and that was like the early 90s right yeah. 94 to 2008 all right so that's like so er was happening right at the time around the time like the team i was on was peaking which mm. was a team called the family uh and i remember the only reason i remember er being around that time because i remember uh the, the two doctors uh Clooney and Goose. What was, what was his, <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I think I think it was. I think that's perfect. Clooney and Goose. Uh, uh, Goose played Green. Clooney played right. Ross. Right. Uh, I remember seeing them go into the Second City. Yes, sure. A, a handful of times. Sure. Uh, were, were you doing that sort of thing too back then? You know, I only went to Chicago with ER. Uh, I think only once, and we it was a night shoot, and so we like landed, went straight to set, shot a baseball game all night, and then they rushed us back to the airport. So. Uh, I had been to Second City on my own uh, when I was supposed to be attending college. Uh, <laughs> a friend of mine and I uh, had the exact same class schedule, and we lived off campus and had another friend's car, and so that did not contribute to our education. We would drive to campus, find the parking lot full, and be like, you want to go to Chicago instead and do something more fun? <laughs> and so uh, which I saw the second set. Which, which what? Which, which show did you see? Do you remember? I don't remember. The review? That's, you know, 25 years ago. Yeah, because I, mean, I, I didn't see a lot of them. I actually missed a lot of them. But I remember the first the first one I saw, I actually, I, I don't remember the name of it, but I remember Farley was in it. Oh, oh yeah. And Pesquese and Tim Meadows. Yeah, Tim Meadows I would have seen. And Tim O'Malley. Yeah. I just remember, you know, I was... I was probably too young to be watching Saturday Night Live in the 70s, but I remember hearing about Second City because of SNL, of course. Uh, and it just was a legendary place, and it was one of those pilgrimages you had to make, I think, uh, especially in that time period. Right. I, I took cause the, the first Second City show I, I went to. I took a girl who was, it was a date. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was a girl that I really had a like a crush on for like a, all through high school and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I took her to Second City. I remember she, she, at the time she was working at Wendy's, and I had to, I, I, I think I picked her up at Wendy's in a limousine, <laughs> right <laughs> through the drive-through. Right. I hope yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the drive-through to go to Second City. Uh, and I remember in renting the limousine because yeah, I was I was I was maybe nineteen. At the time, how did you get a limo? Right, I did. You used the fucking phone, man. You can get a limo, but at the, at, at, at the same time, years later, I learned how to better get a limo uh, because I I got a limo and this guy shows up, who's probably sixty five and just an asshole. Yeah. Right, so he's the driver, and I'm like, yeah, I got, I got this bottle of Bailey's because she likes Bailey's, <laughs> uh, and and he's like, no, you can't drink that. He's like, what? He can't have that. And basically, there's no tinted windows. This thing never goes up. So it's just oh. him fucking there the whole time. No, I understand. Uh, no, you got the limo. Yeah, it was like being chaperoned by some jagoff uh, <laughs> down to Second City. But we, we, I remember we got there and I saw the show. And that was actually when I, when I just doubt seeing that show. I saw, I've said it before. I saw Pasquazi do this thing where mm-hmm. he played a homeless person who he just did this realistic thing. It's and I was like, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. How'd he do that? He made me think he was a homeless person. Yeah. Uh, and that's basically when I said, I, I, should, I, I should try this. Uh, and then I took her home. Yeah. And that was, that was the only date I ever had with her. Thank you, Bailey's. It cost me half of what I, I had at the time. Uh, yeah, Bailey's. The uh-huh. fuck? How much, how much Bailey's have you consumed since then? Uh, since then, you know, occasionally in, some, in like a B fifty two or something, yeah. it's just somebody like somebody slips it. Yeah, to you. yeah. There's there's yeah. there's been no Bailey's consumed no, since no. then. On the holidays, maybe. Yeah, sure. There's there's a little bit. But when you're 19 in a limo, that shit works. <laughs> no, because you weren't allowed to drink it because <laughs> the, the driver was just a real fucking jag. You weren't like sneaking sneaking nips when no, because like... he, he 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 never put the visor up. He just he just sat there, you know, looking. 
Because he's checking, too, because he's like, I know there's a bottle back there. Yeah. It's funny. I had the bottle, and I had two, like, large, silt, like, a metallic, uh, like, chalices. <laughs> like, goblets. <laughs> yeah. Goblets. That's what they were. They're, they're, they're goblets. Uh, to drink the Baileys out of. Yes. And the Baileys, to drink the Baileys out of, which was warm. Of course. Because there was no ice. It's like, so... so it's probably a good thing we didn't drink. Probably. We probably just went on puking and puking the whole time. In were, these, uh, were these goblets like stolen from your grandmother? And, uh, and oh, the- <laughs> they were definitely from my parents' house, yeah. where I lived. Yeah, of course. At the time, 19, so. 19. Uh, so uh, I know I was, I was talking to you. Said you played with Doctor God. Yes. Uh, yeah, I played with Doctor God. Uh, great improv troupe over at Iowa West here in LA. And yeah, good guys. Uh, and yeah, and so I, I, I made friendly with those fellas and they uh, invited me to come be on the show. And I was like, wait, I have to talk to and maybe play with Miles Straw. And Brian was like, yeah, you'll be fine. He got a pro wrestler to do it. You'll be great. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, but yeah, those guys are great. And they have their fingers in all kinds of pies now making films and TV shows. And uh, it's just great to see. You know, we're we're in an age of show business where you can't just be an actor. You can't just be an improviser. You have to be editor, writer, director, right, podcaster, right. It's like you're, you you got to add some hyphens nowadays, and uh, and those guys are doing that, and it's uh, it's impressive. That's always it's always so fun to me because when like when I hear you say, uh, I'm "worried about playing with Miles Straw," yeah, I'm just like, "Oh yeah, the who." Right, but uh, that's not. But that's not true. In the in the improvisation world, you you have a reputation, sir. Uh, yeah, I, I I guess I don't. I see that world as being very small. Well, that's you know, that's neither here nor there. But, right, I, I mean, but I'm aware of that world, and so thusly, your at, name has crossed at, at, my at, desk. At the same time, I'll, I'll just like this guy. I, I look up his IMBD. Your IMBD is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh, I'm like, I, I I saw you in ER. I'm like, oh, I remember him from that. And I'm like, he's done all this. He's these. He's just the voiceover stuff. Yeah. He's got all kinds of stuff going on. And I'm just like, all right, I better not fuck this up because this guy's this guy's a legitimate actor. You'll be fine. You're good. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll do my best. Thanks for putting legitimate in there, though. That's good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Feels good. I, I think it's legitimate when... Actually, it's probably unfair because there's a probably... Actually, there are, there are a lot of great actors who don't make a living that's right. at acting. That's the Most. Na- that's, yeah, that's, that's un- the unfortunate nature of it. But it's funny. You and I were saying something outside that I, I was like, we're talking about... I was thinking about long form, mm-hmm. right? And how, like, I'm used to it being long. Yeah, like an hour. Right. Yeah. Uh, and what kind of happened out here with the explosion of the indie scene was there's all this, all these shows going up where it's like, you get 10 minutes, you get 12 minutes uh, to do a set. Uh, and, like, that's harder to do. And then you said something about the business and how you, you the, the attention span of people is shorter. That's right. I mean, you look at, you know, you look at YouTube and you look at, there's a thing called Vine, which is an app where you get six seconds. And man, you, there are some dudes who can make funny in six seconds. And that is, I think, is it six? It's like 12. I don't know. But uh, it's impressive and it's no small feat. So I think it's all just a matter of uh, people's attention. You know, there's so many different avenues fighting for your entertainment eyeballs and earballs. Earballs? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm going with the earballs. I like the earballs. I like that too. Uh, so, you know, you gotta, uh, you gotta be sharp. You gotta practice. You gotta hone your craft. It's funny. Cause like, I'm, I'm, I'm torn on that just because part of me, like the, there are shows that run much slower than the pace I like to play at improv shows. Mm. Uh, and I tend to think, no, I, I like to move faster cause I can get more done. Uh, but at the same time I'm facing the same thing versus like a vine 
uh, or stuff on YouTube. A, a lot of time, it's like, no, I, I need you know some time True. to do a show, you know, at least twenty minutes maybe. Uh, like, nope, they can do it in six seconds. I'm yeah. like six fucking seconds. That's crazy. Uh, at the same time, I think there is because there is that. I mean, in six seconds, no one's doing. You know, Richard Pryor. Well, you just hit yourself in the balls and it's... You're yeah, well, I mean, it's like... <laughs> I do that all the time. That's yeah. not... Exactly. I don't need to film that But shit. an hour of it is too much. <laughs> yes, an hour, an hour of that. An hour of that would be... Hello, hello, it's mine. Just loop it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it'd have to be a live shoot. A live shoot. Just <laughs> repeatedly punching yourself in the butt and the balls for an hour. Uh, uh man. There's actually I, I bet if I Google that I fucking find you it. You probably would. Uh, <laughs> and, and that guy's probably got more a higher IMDB rating than either of us. <laughs> the guy with the balls for an hour. <laughs> have you run into that? Like in like again, saying you're a legitimate professional actor. Have have you run into like an an, an agent being like, You need to take some improv, man. You need to get that on your, on your resume. Uh you know, I wish. Um I've taken some improv and I highly recommend it. Um, I think the great, the great thing about improv is what, what I've found is that I wind up using it in my real life as much as I do in my professional career or uh, in the actual practice of improvisation on a stage. I find that applying the methodology and the lessons that you learn in an improv class or workshop to everyday life have really come in handy. I mean, it, something as simple as driving in traffic. It's like you're stuck on Santa Monica Boulevard. You could take this right. Yes, and then I will avoid all of the cars that are going to get on the freeway, you know? I mean, it's that simple sometimes. It's, um, it's, that's actually, for me, it's, it's ironic just because yeah, I'm a, a very accomplished improviser. Yes. But traffic, I, I use none of my improvisational... Traffic is actually, that's like my angry place. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's where I'm allowed to basically, there's no one around, it's just me in the car. I, I don't do dumb shit like chase people or right. cut people off. Oh, but I curse up a storm. Sure. I curse up a storm in the car. Well, now tomorrow when you get stuck in traffic, you can take the lesson that I've passed along and make, make that right turn. You might have to go out of your way. I have a friend who... I'm going to wind up going, taking a right, go out of my way and cursing you out the yeah, whole exactly. fucking time. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Fucking Ben Ruby. Yeah, it's his fault. <laughs> fucking dead end, Has man. he ever been here? <laughs> that's how you learn the city, Miles. All right. Uh, actually, do we have any questions? Yes, sir. Uh, Abraham, you seem to be a man of uh, considerable stature. You look like a big, tall guy. Yes, sir. Uh, how does that affect uh, the way you play uh, on stage and around other actors or improvisers who I'm going to guess are smaller? <laughs> most uh, improvisers are smaller than me. It's true. Most humans. Uh, most humans. You know, uh, it it can come up. Uh, this Me being larger than most of the people I'm playing with on stage definitely comes up. I wind up being demons and... You know, if you're playing with a very small person, you might I might wind up picking them up because that's the nature of giants. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I'm always uh, interested in um, in not letting that dictate what I do. And you know, I don't always succeed, but uh, I I try not to be conscious of it. I'd say. Yeah, no, no, I think that's that's absolutely right. It's one of those things you can't. It's like I know that I am not a physically attractive woman. 
<laughs> uh, Not but, yet. But I still, you know, I still have fun trying trying yeah. to play that. And it was funny thinking about that because <clears throat> I, I I never thought I, I wasn't thinking about your size really, just because actually when I saw you, you you struck me you didn't strike me as tall. Mm. I mean, you're like you're like six seven, right? Six seven. Yeah. Uh, and so that's effing tall. Mm. But thing is, you're six seven, but you're proportional. What? Well, thank right? you. No, you know, no, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> I know you are an attractive woman. <laughs> <laughs> I knew a guy in Chicago uh, uh, named by the name of Rob Gaughan. I used to call him the Man Mountain, right? Mm. And back then, he was about six eight, five hundred pounds, right? Oh, yeah, that's a big. So guy. he's a big guy, but he was one of those guys who was. I mean, he was that big. But his, you know his head was big, his hands were big. If you saw a picture of him with no, you know, size thing next to him, you'd be like, oh, that, that's just you know, a kind of heavy guy. Sure. Right. And that's when I, when I saw you, I was just like, oh, that's just he doesn't look huge to me. He just looks like a guy. Yeah. As opposed, to like if you were six seven and sort of really thin, I'd be like, wow, that guy's funny. Right. He's tall, right. skinny. Yeah, there are definitely uh, taller people than me, or people that the same height as me, like basketball player Kobe Bryant's the same height as me. But you think of him as being exceptionally tall because right. A, he plays for the NBA, and B, he's lean. Uh, and so that elongates the form. Right. No, no. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Because I was like, it's funny. do you have like giant strength? Do you have giant strength? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> funny. I, I used to do a thing with, with going, like in Chicago, they'd play a game of a uh, freeze tag, right? Yeah. It's like in the jam or something. And they'd do an object freeze. I want an object. And I, a, a, a rub. Throw a full keg of beer on stage, but make it look like it's empty. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so he'd walk on stage with a keg of beer in one hand, and he'd swing it out in front of him and, and put it down like it was empty. Right, but it was full. Oh, it was full. Oh, yeah. And then some player would be like, all right, I'm going to... And just can't, can't move can't it at all. It. Yeah, it's like Thor's hammer, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's, I, I, love, I love the visual and seeing them be fooled. I remember he also, like, he used to help around the bar in Chicago, and he'd come out with two kegs of beer, one in each hand, and he'd go and lift... He'd lift it with one hand and put it up on the bar. And I'm like, one, that's amazing. And two, don't put it on the bar. I can't get it <laughs> can't off get the it bar. Yeah, that's good. Uh, put, it under the, put it under the bar <laughs> so I can get it. You get a hernia that way, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> trying to, uh, trying right. to show off. I, I would also say, I would only add that um, a lot of times when I see kids play on stage and they're like standing on these cheap wooden cubes, I wouldn't stand on the cheap wooden cubes. <laughs> Go right through it. Uh, but yeah, so size. That's, that's that. a real good move here too because those are some cheap ass wooden cubes. I, I saw in the last, uh, uh, lots of fun tonight uh, for those of you that were on stage. Really great stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, and there was a, a young lady on one of those cubes and I, was, and I thought to myself, I couldn't do that. Couldn't stand on that cube. I'd go through. But standing on that cube, she was probably about as tall as you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about right. Any other questions? No. No? Fine. No questions Fine. whatsoever. You know everything. You're yeah. not curious about anything. No one in the audience has any questions. What's that? Yeah, I can tell you what's on top of the fridge. <laughs> Definitely. What's on, what's on top uh, of the I can fridge? put the, the angel on the Christmas tree. I can reach the, I can reach the hidden stash. <laughs> What's that? Uh, you, you, you were telling me before the show, you're, you're working with the theater company here yeah. in, in, in Los Angeles. Yeah, I work Tell with a, uh, I'm a member of a company called Sacred Fools Theater. Uh, we put up uh, five main stage shows a year. Our next show is coming up in November. It's called Miravel, and it's a, a jazz story about a love triangle between two musicians and a dancer uh, with a live jazz band on stage. 
Um, we also do a really fun thing that is open to anyone called Serial Killers, and that happens late nights on Saturdays at 11 p.m. Uh, and what it is is it's a, a serialized theater death match where five segmented plays, 10-minute plays, compete for audience vote. Uh, and f at the end of the night, the audience votes and three plays live to continue to next week and two plays die. Uh, so serial killers. And anybody can write for that, Any uh, anybody who cares to write. And uh, if you write something, you can certainly bring your own cast. And uh, that's a really fun opportunity for people who are pursuing sketch and writing. Uh, serial killers at sacredfools.org. That's great. It's sort of like a... a a different kind of theater's version of like a cage match. Like here are plays, yeah. here are short plays that are in competition. Yeah, and it's it's uh, it can be brutal. I mean, people stack the audience, and, uh, and oh, that's 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 true in most cage matches. That's right. It's, it's yeah. a, who who yeah. has the most friends? Who has the most friends? But the show. then, if you find that that's happening, you know, you write something a little more outrageous, and maybe you steal some votes in that way. And sometimes it's very naughty and debaucherous, and there's boobs. <laughs> All right, you yeah. just you, yeah, you, you just got a lot more people. <laughs> That's right. Interested in seeing serial killers Saturday nights at eleven at Sacred Fool at Sacred Fool. Um, all right, uh, anything else you'd like to plug before we get to, get uh, to the set? I can plug things if you want. Absolutely, I ahead. have a film coming out in January called The Finest Hours, that is uh, based on the true story of a crazy Coast Guard rescue that happened in the fifties off the Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Um, uh, a, a life or a, a Coast Guard boat that's only meant to hold 12 people had to rescue 36 men from a sinking tanker in the middle of a hurricane, and uh, somehow those real American heroes managed to pull it off. Uh, so that's out at the end of January, and uh, that's the main thing that's coming. Yeah. I, I have no movie coming out in January. Why not? You should. Because I'm well known in the improv community. <laughs> I, I have a question, actually. I have a question. All I right. just grabbed your shoulder and it made me think of my question. So it's something I've observed <clears throat> in the improv community is that about 90% of the men and about you know 20% of the women are inclined to wear plaid shirts. So I'm curious if this is something that's been taught amongst the improvers or... I think... like. It, I'm not sure. As, as, as I imagine it, I think it's part of a trend. I think it's part of that like lumbersexual trend or, <laughs> or, or hipster trend or something. Uh, but it predates that for sure. Well, actually, well, to me, it's like I've always worn uh, like jeans, gym shoes, a t-shirt, and a shirt with a collar, mm -hmm. be it plaid or not. Uh, I actually, I've been wearing this one. For a few years now, I occasionally wear... I have like three shirts that I wear. Sure. Actually, someone a couple weeks ago gave me shit on the podcast, so actually I wore a Hawaiian shirt the next week. Oh. Uh, which Mix it up. Which is coming back. Uh, <laughs> but I, just, I, I find a shirt that I'm comfortable wearing, and I wear it until it falls apart. Yeah. yeah. So you think it's just a comfort thing. It's not a prerequisite uniform. Oh, no, no. Okay. I, just, I always find it just useful as far as like... like I, I, I didn't like playing in a t-shirt. Just because I think a shirt with a collar, at least it implies if I'm playing an authority figure, at least there's a collar there. Yeah. Uh, but I, I wouldn't want to play in a suit. No. Because if, this, and if I'm in a suit and I'm playing like a stoner or something, now I, I don't feel right. Although these days suits are stoners too. <laughs> yeah, but it would be it would be a very different character than I want than, than I would be playing. But that's that's true. It's actually the the guys who frighten me the like I think of the guys who who frightened me the most in my life. I remember being in Chicago and going like to Rush Street 
and seeing the guys who been working at the board of trade all week, uh, you know, all these white guys, because basically they, they they work at the board, they go to the gym, yeah, and then they go fucking they drink, drink, and they drink hard. There might be a little cocaine in there. There might be a little bit of cocaine in there. <laughs> oh, those those guys were just nuts. Yeah, yeah, because uh, they're letting that aggression out. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I had an older brother who worked the bra- at the board of trade, and he gave me a. He let me work for for like a week before I quit. Then I was like, I can't get up from fucking five in the morning because I'm not here every day. Uh, but I remember being down there and seeing this guy who he stood behind another trader. And I forget what that's called, but there's a name for that position. I'll reach around, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but this guy uh, apparently he was like he had like two traders that he, that he had to listen for. And he was, you know, losing his hair and not like naturally. He was losing his hair like he's pulling it out. You're watching his hair. It, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I was watching him. Like, it was like watching a heart attack. Uh, I'm like, this guy's not going to live to be 30. Uh, apparently, he was making like 250 a year or something. And I was like, yes, buy a nice grave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to live to see fucking 30, dude. Oh, my gosh. It's so crazy. And, uh, you know, that's how uh, Wall Street types are always depicted as being. High stress, and it's it's a made up system based on nothing. Oh, you know all the trading. I mean, yeah, I mean money. Yeah. (laughs) 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 And on that political note, (laughs) (laughs) let's do a check.